Hey, sis. Hey. Listen, welcome to Crown the Green Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Moo Couture. As always, I give honor to God before I do anything, because here at Crown Green, we give praise and we give honor to God, because without him, none of this would be possible. So thank you, God. Amen. All right, y'all, before we go any further, we're going to get T-Bone to come out here and throw out a little disclaimer, you know, just to cover our faces, you know. T-Bone, you ready? What's up, Moo? Listen, folks, the primary purpose of Crown Green Podcast is to provide a platform for creators and guests a safe space to express their personal views or opinions without restrictions or censorship. So, in other words, this is a judgment-free zone. Back to you, Moo. Hey, sis. Hey. Listen, it's your girl, Moo, and I'm super excited because today we have a very special treat for you. We have Ariel Latrice Brown. Ariel is a certified medical assistant. Ariel is a mother. Erica is a warrior. Erica is the author of Pumped for My Journey, and I'm super excited to have her here with us on tonight. As some of you have been listening to my previous episodes, we've been talking about faith, and um, Ariel has had to activate her faith over the years. So let's welcome Ariel into the podcast family. Welcome, Ariel. Hello. How are you? Fanny, you cousin. I'm doing good. Listen, many people don't know you're my cousin, and I feel like that this is like a Lifetime-type movie situation, and you know, I love for you to tell the story. So tell the good people the story about how we know you my cousin. All right, then. So we was at a basketball game, and my daughter was sitting next to me, and she saw one of her friends, and she went and sat behind me. And I looked to my left. I said, I think that girl my cousin. <laughs> and I was like, I ain't gonna say nothing, but I heard God telling me to go over there and talk to her. I'm like, I don't know about that God, but he kept nudging at my spirit. So I went over there and started talking to her and telling her who her mom was and her siblings. And she was looking at me like, how you know my people? Exactly. And I was just telling her that my grandfather and her great-grandmother were brother and sister. And from there... It was a connection. We was talking like we had been knowing each other for Literally years. Literally yeah. laughing and cutting up in them people's <laughs> auditorium. Listen, it was a good time, and I'm grateful for the obedience that you had, you know. Um, I think I told you this before. I don't know if I would have did that, you know. I'm very, at times, I can be standoffish about certain things. and yeah. um, But I'm learning to step into my green more and to be okay with the situations from my past. And so I thank you for that because that got us to the place that we are today, the relationship that we formed and just to be able to come together as cousins and share our, not only share our network and our platforms, but to reach God's people together. So cousin, mm-hmm. let's get into it. <laughs> how your day been? How was your day? I mean, I know, you know, it was a busy day, but how was it? I will say this. It was a busy day, but I thank God that I have a job to go to. I thank God for just, you know, allowing me to see another day because somebody didn't wake up today. So I count it as a blessing. Listen, every day above ground is a blessed day. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
So before we get into it, let's take a minute and let's just tell the people about Ariel. Who is Ariel? Like, who are you? Lord have mercy, cousin. So who <laughs> is Ariel? Ariel is a child of God, first and foremost. Um, I'm a mother to an amazing little girl named Kalia. Hey, Kalia. <laughs> That's my WNBA star in the making. <laughs> Listen, when you make it, you know, not we already know when you, you're gonna make it. So when yes. you get it, just remember your cousin, you ain't gotta send me no tickets and I just discount it, you know. I can sit in the nose. Let her do the first interview. <laughs> yeah, let me do an interview or something. Yeah, put me on the program, like Mr. Brown said. Put me on the program, cuz we got you, cuz appreciate it. Been one for about four years. And Okay. And I just released my first book in February. So I am a self-published author. OMG. Okay. So I'm so grateful um, that you mentioned your book right now. So, you know, I've been digging and doing my homework and I know that you recently wrote your Pump for Journey um, book. Some of our viewers that are watching, you know, they can see I have my Pump for Journey tea on. Come on, cousin. you see me? I got my puppy <laughs> book. So we advise everybody to go out and get your book. But tell us how you got tell us how you got to this point. You know, how did you get to this plateau in life where you wrote this book and started this journey? So I would say, and let me let me shout you out real quick, cousin. Cause you got the shirt on and you got the book. So thank you for representing your cousin. Listen, I got my bookmark and everything. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Who has a book without a bookmark? You got to be able to know where you was at. Yes. So, so how the book came about um, in 2019, I was looking for a book for Kalia because Kalia didn't understand my diabetes. And Mm -hmm. I went and talked to my endocrinologist for people don't know, for people that don't know what an endocrinologist is. That's someone that, you know, treats people that have diabetes. So I went and talked to my endocrinologist and I said, I have to find a book for Kalia because she's afraid about my diabetes. Mm. So we searched on the computer. We looked. He said, Aria, there's no books that Kalia can relate to. Why don't you write a book? And I looked at my doctor because I've been knowing him since I was a teenager. I looked at his face and I laughed. I said, I ain't writing no book. (laughs) I would have found the book. Get somebody else to do it. I laughed right in my doctor's face. We had that relationship. Yeah. So... I never thought about it again. He left it alone. I never talked about that book ever again. So you say you lost your Aunt Nita. So let's take a moment. Let's talk about um, grief for a minute. Because I feel like sometimes as Christians, we don't teach about how to get through grief. Mm -hmm. We say, after from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, we give out all of these scriptures, but we don't give the resources to get through it properly. Because, you know, for some, it may be, two weeks for some and maybe two years before they get over that loved one. December makes two years since my brother's been gone. And mm-hmm. I'm transparent enough to say that I'm still dealing with it. Yeah. Um, And I feel like, you know, we need to talk about it more. We need more ministers and pastors to give more biblical resources to help us get through it. You know, it's okay to go to counseling. It's yeah. okay to seek outside um, resources. I go to counseling. Yeah. I see a therapist, you know, but I still believe the word of God. So mm-hmm. what did you do during that time to help you get through those moments where you were grieving? I would say 
when, you know, like if somebody is sick and I've never experienced this, like mostly everybody that I know that have passed away, they were, they were sick. So I kind of, kind of expected it, but with her, it was, it was sudden and I, it caught me off guard. And I would say literally I had to face, I had to face that my aunt was no longer here. Mm. that's how I get through. And also just telling God that, how can I do this? God, I can't survive. So when I told God I couldn't survive, God said, yes, you will. And I had to allow myself to cry at night. I had to allow myself to think about her and miss her and look at her pictures. I had to go through that process. But what I also learned is people can't rush my grieving process. They can't. Do I need to say that again, cousin? Say that again for the people in the back. People cannot rush my grieving process. Let's say for the people that's too holy. Oh, people cannot rush my grieving process. I appreciate you know? Because people talking about, well, she's been dead for a year. She's been dead for two years. Let me just grieve. Now, I'm not going to make myself sick, but right. I've got to grieve. If I feel like crying, I got to cry. If I feel like What's screaming, I got to scream. You see what I'm saying? Man, come on, cousin. Listen, I'm I was telling you. I was told when my brother first passed, um, someone told me, they said, well, you know, it wasn't like you guys were raised together. It ain't like y'all, you know, did X, Y, and Z together. And I told him, I said, you know, it doesn't matter whether we spent every day together or we just met two hours before he left this earth. That doesn't change the fact that we were blood and that was still Mm -hmm. my Yes. Not tell people how to grieve. No. In no way, shape, form, or fashion. We all grieve different and we deal with pain differently. Yes. Helps me may not help you. I remember when my aunt Chelsea passed, I used to go to the cemetery almost every week, mm-hmm. just clean off her little area, you know, just sit out there. Not I knew her, I knew she wasn't there. It was just her shell. Mm-hmm. But some different things help different people. Yeah. You know, and I just would go out there, clean off her little area and just sit and journal. I would read, mm-hmm. you know, I would do whatever it was that gave me a sense of peace in that moment. I would pray. You know, so everything mm-hmm. for everybody is different. Yeah. And no one person um, is exempt from going through it. We all have to leave this earth one day and we're all going to have to deal with grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you was most too, cousin. I remember um, I told my mom that I couldn't deal with her being gone. And she said, we don't know the nights that she cried. Come on. For the nights that she asked God, take this pain away from me. Mm -hmm. And even when my grandfather passed away, he passed away in 2000. And I didn't know he was sick. You know, I found out years later that he had cancer. But nobody knows the prayers that people pray to God, you know? Mm -hmm. And that would be as much as I want my loved ones here, I don't want them to suffer. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I always think about if they were sitting in front of me. Do they really want me to stress myself out? They're going to tell me it's okay to cry, but don't make yourself sick. Because yeah. just because my life ended, keep my legacy going with your life. So yeah. when I talk about pumping my journey, my aunt's life has not ended because I still share her story. My papa's life has not ended because I still share his story because that's what made me me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. People say, oh, maybe you and your brother ain't no, but that's my brother. So I'm going to carry a piece of him everywhere I go. So his life will still live on. He was a fighter. You see what I'm saying? And he loved God. I remember yes. his pastor saying at his, at his services, um, he was like, even in his last days, Trey still had a servant's heart. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's amazing when you look back over your loved one and the yeah. things that they did and how now 
you know, you do certain things in their honor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I applaud you for even in their absence, still putting um, their actions and letting their actions that they did when they were here still yeah. living through them, you know, still mm-hmm. allowing them and to live through you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's great. So I want to touch base a little bit because um, that whole grief thing is like super dope, super deep. Mm-hmm. We could really talk about that for a while. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk more about your story and, you know, how about, you know, diabetes and how we can raise more awareness for it. Tell the people what mm-hmm. diabetes is. How do you know symptoms? What do you look for? Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. So when I first got diagnosed, I was showing like the classical symptoms of drinking a lot of sodas and water, um, going to the bathroom a lot, losing weight, um, just always tired and fatigued. So if you know anybody with like extreme thirst, constantly going to the bathroom, losing weight, feel like they have blurred vision, always tired ask those questions, maybe say, hey, maybe you should, if this is out of the ordinary for you, maybe you need to go to the doctor, get get some tests done. But um, it was, and I'm telling you another thing too, I'm gonna shout out my parents' cousin. I'm gonna shout hey, out my, my dad, Reverend Michael yep. Brown, who's a preacher, and my mom, who's a first lady, because I don't think first and foremost, God, because God gets the head and then everything else comes behind him. If it wasn't from God for God and my parents, I don't think I would be here right now. Mm-hmm. Because my mom and dad noticed things about me. And when you have children, when you have not even children, when you have somebody in your life that you care about, you gotta notice the changes with them because you something did. might be off. Mm-hmm. And my mom noticed that I was bringing my lunch home from a summer camp. I was constantly going to the bathroom, waking up in the middle of the night, going to the bathroom. That's very strange unless you're drinking a lot of water before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. But um, my mom said one time we went to a birthday party and I couldn't, I guess I couldn't hold, you know, going to the bathroom and I peed on myself. And she was like, some, some is wrong. And my mom stood on the back porch of our house where their house, cause I moved and asked God what was wrong with me. And he revealed diabetes, took me to the doctor, did blood work and, I had diabetes. Mm. Yeah. So how did you feel when you received that diagnosis? Like what were the emotions you were going through? So I was actually sitting at a restaurant with my mom, my grandmother, and my godmother. And my mom answered the phone. She got Mm. off the phone. She said, we got to leave out here. You got diabetes. I'm like, huh? What is that? And I really thought I was dying because I never heard anybody have diabetes. And when I got to the hospital, they did a whole lot of blood work. I had to learn how to give myself injections. I mean, this is what I had to do in order to survive. Mm-hmm. And I was the type of person, because growing up, when I went to the pediatrician and they had to give me injections and all my shots, every nurse in the doctor's office would have to come hold me down. Wow. I was the loudest kid. If you haven't been to the pediatrician office, you yeah. hear a lot of screaming. I was that kid. You know, it's funny that you say that. I remember I had to be at least 10 years old, maybe. And I was at VCU preparing for an MRI. And there was a little boy. Um, he looked like four or five. And he was giving them nurses all types of problems. He was hollering. Mm-hmm. Tears was coming out of his face because he was scared. So um, I actually have a bonus reel that will be released in a few weeks about that um, story. Mm-hmm. So. 
tell us, um, wow, tell us more, you know, how was it growing up with diabetes? How did, did you have support from your peers? Was it like, how was it growing up with it? I would say I was already a shy kid growing up. I really didn't talk too much in school. I had, I had very low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Um, always looked at other kids and was like, I wonder if I look like them or if I act like them. I just had very low self-esteem. And when I got diagnosed with diabetes, it made it even worse because I had to go to the nursing station and get myself injections. I had to have somebody walk me to the clinic. Yeah. I just, I even had people joke on my skin because mm. my skin had gotten to the point where it broke out from being on so much medicine. And I had people joke on my skin. I had people joke. It was horrible. And then I got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to talk to nobody about it. I'm going to just hide it. Yeah. And people that just went to, people that graduated with me just found out I had diabetes last year when I started pumping my journey. Mm. They didn't even know you had it because I hid it. Because yeah. people would ask me, people made jokes about it, cousin. Like, oh, can you eat that piece of cake? Or can you drink that? Oh, Medea said you can get diabetes. Like, Oh, this is going to put me in a sugar coma. And you don't realize the person sitting next to you is living with it and you joking about it. Right. They make it like you the situation. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm going to tell you the truth, cousin. God is an awesome God. Is you, know, you look back over your life and you say, now I see why you put me in that position. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. To get diagnosed with diabetes at 12 years old. Mind you, I was the kid that used to run, try to run out the doctor's office without getting my shots, having yeah. been held down by every nurse in the doctor's office. But that same girl that screamed to the top of her lungs, God said, I'm going to use her. Do you mind if I take this a little, I'm going to take it a step further for you, cousin. Go ahead. Go that ahead. That same child who used to scream her head off, God said, I can use her screams. Come I can on. use her fears. Because guess what I'm going to do in a couple of years? She don't realize that she's going to get diagnosed with diabetes. And she's going to have to learn how to give herself, you know, give herself injections. Once she's been on injections for two years, I'm going to put her on an insulin pump. Then when she, let me tell you something, cousin. Go ahead. You that got same, to go. That same girl that got diagnosed with diabetes at 12 years old is that 33-year-old woman working in her diabetes doctor's office, her endocrinologist's office. Mm. And guess what I do at my job? I show people how to give their self-injections. I teach people how to check their blood sugars. I yeah. have patients that come in there and say, I can't check my blood sugar. I can't do this. And yeah. it's no offense to what you're going through, but I want to tell you at 12 years old, I had to learn how to do that. And yeah. they look at me like I'm crazy. But see, God had to allow me to scream. God had to allow me to be fearful yeah. of that because God had a plan for my life. This whole thing with diabetes, it led me to my purpose. So if somebody ever asks me, if God told you, whether you're going to keep diabetes or take it away. I would tell God, thank keep you for giving me diabetes. Girl. Because now I appreciate my life. Now I look back over my life and I say, you know what, Aria, you had to scream. You had um, to be fearful. You had to learn because it's not about you. It's about showing people how good God is because I don't talk the same way. I don't look the same way. Those jokes now, now when people joke, I educate you. And then you go back looking crazy. Uh -huh. So now the joke's on the other people. Joke's on that's you. the type of God that I serve that I don't look like what I've been through. Listen, girl, I was I wrote on Facebook the other day. I said I remember, you know, spending weeks at a time, weeks at MCV. I spent 14 days one time at MCV with a migraine and I prayed and I cried and I prayed mm -hmm. and I cried. And I said, God, if you can't take the migraine and take me. Yeah. You know, so listen, and to say that I hadn't been back admitted 
you know, in the hospital due to pain in eight years. That's nobody but the grace that of God. Ain't nothing but God. Nothing but God, okay? And I, I, I was like, you know, I was telling a friend the other day, I said, I can't do nothing but serve God in this yeah. season. I don't have a choice. My my salvation is on the line. My yes. ticket into heaven, my my palace, my my royalty, my my okay. it's listed on my on my obedience. Yeah. So, cousin, I salute you for being. Cousin, obedient. I salute you. You know. Listen, here at Crown Green, we you know when you go to a jazz club, they snap yeah. and all of that. We say crowning, cousin. You know, I give you your crown because to go through that at a young age is a lot. You know, your situation wasn't like mine, but it's still a lot on a young person. But yeah. now you are being able to reap your earthly rewards for what you had to go through while helping other people's and your other people. Look at me sound the country. Other people mm-hmm. have been able to reach them. And this book is going to reach people all over the world, as I'm sure it already has. Because we see you on TikTok and, you know, you're sharing with other people your journey as you go through. Tell us about how this transition to social media has been. Now, another thing with that, Lord have mercy. So, before I started pumping my journey, my Facebook page was nothing but inspirations. I will post pictures of Kalia, but I did a lot of inspirations. Mm-hmm. On my Instagram page, it was nothing but pictures of Kalia. Cousin, can I be honest with you? Go ahead, girl. When I had my Instagram page, Latrice 90, I would post pictures of just Kalia or I would post pictures with me and Kalia because I hated taking pictures. Anybody that knew me, when I got diagnosed with diabetes, I stopped taking pictures mm. because I didn't like the way I looked. I started mm-hmm. wearing makeup when I was like 13, like 14 or 15 years old. So the way the way social media started for me, I did a podcast interview last um it was it was in march or april i did a podcast interview and i knew that girl was going to ask me where can my where can my followers start following you and i just started the instagram page and i was literally doing three posts a day now mind you god was pouring those posts inside of my spirit and i would just put them on instagram then i started doing reels then i started doing lives and tiktoks it's like God took over social media and said, this is my platform. You my vessel. I'm going to speak through you. So I seen a TikTok that you did. Um, and you talked about when you move, how you place stuff in the U-Haul. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? Because I Cousin, that was fresh today. That was so good that, can you just tell the crowd, the Crown Green family a little bit? Of, can you just relive that for us real quickly? This is just a little bit. Let me say something. Yesterday, I always do my reels the night before. So I was sitting at home and I said, God, I don't know what I don't know what reel to do for tomorrow. And it was silence. I ain't heard him. Then he said, you think about a U-Haul truck. And I said, huh? He said, you think about a U-Haul truck. When you left your parents' house, you had to get a U-Haul truck. And everything that you was taking to your new place had to go in that U-Haul truck. You had to decide what was going in the trash and you had to decide what was going to be donated. Uh He said, that's the same thing with life. Everything can't go in your U-Haul to your new location because it's a season. Everything has a place. And in order for God to take you to the next letter, next level, you yeah. got to have some order. It got to be uh-huh. clear. It got to be clutter-free. So, like I said, the same way I used to talk, I don't talk no more. 
the same places I used to go, I don't go no more. Not meaning I never was a club or a party person, but right. that girl had depression. That girl had, had anxiety, suicidal yeah. thoughts. Didn't think she was good enough. That girl used to have her diabetes. God said, I need you to share it all that because I'm about to put you, I'm about to put your yeah. stuff in a U-Haul and I'm about to take you to your new level. And that's called pump for my journey. So that's, that's for anybody's life. Yeah, you got to think about what's going with you to your look, which to your new location, and what's going to be donated to somebody else, and what's going to be thrown in the trash. I tell people, I tell people all the time. I say, you know, when you go to a job interview, you don't take your all everybody, your whole family with you. You just yes. So, so Mm -hmm. how God is preparing to elevate us in life. We feel like we got to go and grab our homegirl. We got to go boyfriend. We got to go get. Auntie, no, mm-hmm. go alone. The people yes. that are supposed to go with you, God will bring them later. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to step alone. In this season, it's time for us to be comfortable with being alone. Listen, I used to feel like I needed somebody. I need a friend. I need Come a on, cousin. Listen, Come as on. long as I got Christ, I'm good on it. I'm good on it. You know what? Because when I die, He's the only one that's going to be face to face with me. Yeah. And I'm going to have to answer to him. Nobody mm-hmm. else. So why am I trying to pull Junie, Jack, and Jill and whoever else with me? Girl, no. They ain't remember to stand, stand before him with me. Listen. Guess what I have to do it because I ain't doing it. Cousin, no. But did you, did you ever think that, did you ever think that Pump for My Journey would reach the magnitude that it has reached. I see your followers and I see the people that's following. You're doing like interviews on TV. You've been on, what was it? Rebel something online. Like you're, you're reaching people that you think pump for my journey or that you think what you were going through would go, would bring you to where you are today. Cousin, let me tell you something. So when God told me to write the book last year, I got up, I didn't tell God, no, I just stepped into my purpose. So when I step, let me tell you something. When you step into your purpose and you trust God before you see it, you see it with your spiritual eyes and not your physical eyes. God will whisper things in your ear and he'll just tell you, go talk to this person, send an email. Last year when I wrote that book, God was telling me to send emails out. I had some people, I was sending emails out to a whole bunch of podcasters. And some people looked at my message. Some people ignored it. Some people said, huh? You better talk about that. Read your I, message. I don't think some people, some people really didn't believe in me, but that's okay because God already spoke it to me. So if you don't believe me, we're not supposed to be connected. But that God part. was sending me, I mean, I was sending messages out, emails, and literally God allowed me since last year to be on a couple of podcast interviews, um, like print magazines, online magazines, um, on the news. Uh, Rebel, books, I you. My books are in Prince George County school systems. That's the school that I went to. So those places that I used to go, those places where I felt alone, God yes. told me, he said, you got to go back. Uh-huh. You got to go back. Moses, you got to go back. Go ahead, okay? Moses. I was that female version of Moses because once God has set me free, I ran. But God mm-hmm. said, you can't get comfortable where you at. You Listen, can't be comfortable with you. I started feeling a little good and my pain started feeling, you know, my legs don't hurting as much, baby. It was on and popping streets here. I come. Not that I was like that, but listen. Yeah. 
it was time for me to get up and go. I wanted that bed hurt neither. You have let me say something. When you get comfortable, you gotta be cautious. You do. You really do. And literally everything that has will, happened will keep you stuck. Yeah. Literally everything God spoke to me last year. God allowed me to MC my first diabetes walk in Virginia Beach. God allowed me to be on a women's conference panel. Like I have a speaking engagement in October at a women's conference. So look what my yes led me to. That's that's the message for somebody. Look what my look what my yes led me to. Where will your yes take you? Mm. Mm, that's a good one, cousin. Where will uh, your yes take you? Because somebody you. God is waiting on somebody that's listening to give them his to give him their yes. Yeah. They're battling with it. They're praying. They're asking mm. mama and daddy. But see, God didn't ask your mama. He didn't ask your daddy. Mm. He asked you for your yes. So what you going yes. to somebody else for? Mm. Somebody, somebody is, is delaying their yes, and that means they're delaying their blessing. And you know what, cousin? Looking for that book in 2019, and I told God, no. Do you know God said it? This, this is how I look at God. When we tell God, no, you didn't call me. No, I think you talked to the other person. No, yeah. I'm not ready. No, I'm not qualified. The mm -hmm. whole time he's following you around like, they're going to come to me when they're ready. Yeah. I'm going to let them experience this right now, but I'm right there mm -hmm. the entire time just waiting for them. Yeah. That's right. That's Man. all it does. That's all it is. And then he's going to nudge you and nudge you until you start moving. You do what so. he wants you to do. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about, um, I was reading in an article, and so I read that at age 17, you know, you were dealing with depression and anxiety, and you were having suicidal thoughts, and that you even tried to commit suicide. Can you take us to the emotions and help and maybe even encourage somebody else, you know, that may be having suicidal thoughts. Can you take us back to that moment and tell us about that time of your life and how you got through it? I would say, and this has nothing to do, because a lot of people might say this and that, this had nothing to do with my parents because, like I said, I was born and raised in a, a household, father and mother there, strong, yeah. you know, God-fearing people, but some storms you go through, mom and daddy can't protect you. Mm -hmm. You know, God yeah. got to allow you to go through something so you can know that he is your God and nobody else. Yeah. So um, at 17 years old, I tried to commit suicide. I was depressed, um, anxiety. I just didn't want to live anymore. I didn't even see, I couldn't see a future. I yeah. couldn't see graduating from high school, college, having a career, writing a book. I couldn't see no future. I just saw the moment. And I would literally take my insulin pump and pump so much insulin in my body, Jeez. like over hundreds of units and pray mm -hmm. to God that I wouldn't wake up. And I did it for, I, I probably did it three or four times. And I was like, good God, why isn't this working? Mm -hmm. And years later, God revealed to me why that insulin pump couldn't kill me. He said, because that's pump for my journey. When I wrote pump for my journey, God said, you're going to call it pump for my journey because what you kill your, what you use to kill yourself is going to push you to your purpose. Mm -hmm. So that was part of my story. That never could have been overlooked or skipped. That was not yeah. supposed to happen. That was supposed to happen to me because that showed me that God cared enough about me to spare my life. And I have to share that about suicide because you think about how many people have committed suicide and right. they were successful. 
I have to share my story because the the dead still have a voice and that mm -hmm. voice is me, you know? So yeah. I talk about my suicide to tell people, talk about it with people because you don't know who's going through something. And I tell people, live like you have a purpose, live like you have a future, live like somebody is dependent on you. And even if you don't have a child, a husband, a wife, depend on that person, that person is you. Yeah. You need you. That's right. Yeah. So, and um, I want the listeners that are going through um, anxiety, depression, or maybe even having suicidal thoughts, please know that you are not alone. You know, there are resources available. You can call the suicide hotline number. Uh, we will have that in our link tree that if you need to reach out to someone, find you a pastor, a church, um, someone you know, even seek medical help, you know, if that is what you need, but do not go through this alone and do not feel like you are by yourself. Um, just stay encouraged. So Ariel, what words of encouragement do you have for that person who may be dealing with suicidal thoughts? I will tell that person that you matter, your life matters. Uh, we all get hit with hardships and setbacks and we feel like we can't make it. If you were created, if you're on this earth, God knew there was a special place for you, and that's here. Mm -hmm. And like you said, cousin, um, if you don't have anybody to talk to, sometimes you can just call on Jesus or say, God, well, I need help. Find that, I'm telling you, when you call on his name, that like is barriers that you didn't think could be broke. Yes. Like somebody's prayers covered me before that even happened. So mm -hmm. prayer changes things and find somebody that you can talk to. Like you said, cousin, maybe it's a, the hotline, a church, um, a pastor, a friend, yeah. but find somebody that's going to pour something positive in you. You can't run everybody with your problems because they're going to encourage you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some people might be too weak to give you that advice you need. So I'm praying that those people dealing with suicidal thoughts would just be led to the right people that can provide them with the right you know, information and that right support. Yeah. Amen. We we're praying for all those that deal with that um, yeah. mental health because mental health is real and everybody needs somebody. So please know yeah. that we at Crown Green and Pump for My Journey, we love you and we are keeping you in our prayers as well. Yes. So what advice do you have for the young girl who may be dealing with an illness, whether it be diabetes, neurofibromatosis, lupus, what advice do you have for that young man, that young woman that's trying to cope with their illness and maybe even the young ones that are in school and trying to get through? I would say, um, especially looking at Pump For My Journey, I look back at my 12-year-old self. You know, at 12 years old, I couldn't see myself with the future. I couldn't see myself surviving it. But if God gives it to you, sometimes yeah. it could be the worst thing, cancer, diabetes, a kidney transplant, lupus, whatever, they, fill in the blank what you're dealing with. Yeah. If God presented the problem to you, he knew that you were strong enough to handle it. He would not put more on you than you can bear. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on. I believe that whatever God gave you, he knew you could handle it. It's it's not easy. You know, everything can't, everybody can't take what we got, cousin. You see know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's your condition and my condition? That's why we can't be so quick to ask people, well, how you did this and how you did uh -huh. that. You just gotta, you gotta trust God. Yeah. That's my thing. Big, I'm big on that will come from my journey with my lives and risks. I always talk about trusting God, having faith in God, because 
you can't survive nothing in this world without God, no matter how hard you try. And I just tell people, don't keep pushing. Don't give up. Believe in yourself. And just know you will make it. If I can make it, anybody can make it. Yeah, because they're listening to two miracles on this on this live, on this podcast. Yes. So um, most definitely, if we can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So in closing, cousin, tell us where we can buy Pump for My Journey, the journal, the book. Tell us, tell us where we can buy your merchandise from and how we can find you, how we can support you. Tell us how we can connect with you. All right, cousin. So Pump for My Journey is available on Amazon. And it's also available on my website, www.pumpthenumber4myjourney.com. Um, social media, TikTok, Pump for My Journey, um, Instagram, Pump for My Journey. So that's where people can follow me. And I'm always here if somebody needs to talk because somebody took the time to talk to me. Yeah. It's my time to take the, you know, it's my turn. It's my turn to take the time to talk to you. Yeah. And another thing, you know, I talked about how my Anita will call on Saturdays. And just because our phone calls ended, those new calls are coming in. So those yeah. new calls are people that are dealing with the same, same things I have. So my line is open. Just call me. Amen. Cousin, we thank you for joining us on Crown Green Podcast tonight. It's been amazing. And we hope that somebody that was listening has been encouraged. Um, there's some resources or information that you can take back and use in your day-to-day life. But before we go, I have one more question for you, cousin. Yeah. Who's your favorite Bible character? Because it's some good ones. I mean, it's a whole lot of them. It's a whole lot of them, but I would say Joseph. Mm -hmm. Why is Joseph your favorite? Because Joseph had a dream and people laughed at his dream. People didn't believe in his dreams. And he held on to his dreams, even though he was thrown in the pit. Even though he was sold to slavery, even though he was accused by someone's wife, even though he was thrown into prison, even though he helped people and he sat in prison and waited for somebody to come. But he wasn't waiting on man. That's what people get it twisted. He wasn't waiting on man. He was waiting on God. And that's what got him to the palace. Yeah. So I can definitely relate to Joseph. That's amazing. So we're going to close out, but we're going to ask you to pray tonight as we close out. And before you close out, I just want to say, I'm your girl, Moo. Joining me is... Joining me is... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no smoke. And Ariel is going to close us out in prayer. All right, so let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. Thank you for putting food on our table and closing our bags. God, right now, we just thank you for the opportunity to have this podcast, family to family, God. I pray for those that are listening to this um, podcast interview. I pray that they would be blessed. God, I pray for this podcast. I pray for my cousin. I just pray that you would continue to use use her as your vessel. And God, help us to break those generational curses, those strongholds. God, there's so much going on in this world, God, and it seems like the devil is busy. But God, you are greater than any demon that's circling this earth. God, I pray for our families. I pray for our friends. I pray for our enemies. I pray for our finances. I pray for our homes. I pray for food. I pray for whatever we stand in need of God, healing. God, we just thank you for bringing us to this moment. And we know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we thank you, God, for everything. And God, just continue to help us to be a blessing to those that need us the most. 
We thank you. We love you. And we ask you to search our heart, mind, soul, and spirit and let it be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. 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 All right, y'all. We're tuning out. It's your girl, Moo. As always, you can tune in with Crown Green Podcast on all platforms at Crown Green Podcast. And you can connect with us at social medias under the same username. Thank y'all. Love y'all. I'm out. Peace.